Can the Jets recover from a beatdown against the Patriots? We'll preview their matchup in Jacksonville with the Jaguars on Sunday and pick six major issues with Gang Green. We also will chat with WFAN's Joe and Evan co-host and rabid Jets fan Joe Beningo and get his thoughts on why they should fire Adam Gase, the future of Sam Darnold, and all things WFAN. We aren't seeing any ghosts. Next on the Gang's All Here podcast with the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome to the Gangs All Here podcast, a New York Jets podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Brian Costello, the Jets beat writer for the Post. We'll be bringing you new episodes twice a week on Mondays, reacting to Sunday's game, and on Thursdays, previewing Sunday's game ahead. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be joined every week by current and former Jets players, along with media members and Jets celebrity fans, as we bring you the best New York Jets content out there. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Coz, B-R-I-N-C-O-Z. All right, let's get the ball rolling. All right, let's start with uh, this 33 to nothing destruction that the Jets had on Monday night of the Patriots, kind of taking you inside the locker room after the game. The mood was obviously somber after this one. I think the Jets, like the fans, were stunned at just how badly this game went. It, It was really hard to find anything that went well for the Jets in this one. And, you know, Jamal Adams called it embarrassing. Some of the other players just said, you know, they, they were kind of seemed stunned. Sam Darnold didn't even really seem like himself in the postgame locker room. He was a little shorter with his answers than usual. Um, you know, it seemed like they couldn't really process what happened uh, and just everything that went wrong in the game. Now, I'll fast forward you to Wednesday uh, in the locker room, and it, it's it's funny in the NFL how quickly – these teams have to move on. And especially when there's a Monday night game and then they have a game on Sunday, the sense I got Wednesday in the locker room was completely different. The guys had turned the page. Uh, some of the players told me they came in on Tuesday, which is the player's day off. They're not required to come in that day just to, so that they could watch the film uh, of the Patriots game, kind of get it, get it done with move on. And then they started watching Jaguars film uh, because you know, their mindset has to be, all right, that game is over. They got to make some corrections from it, obviously, but flush it and, and move on. And they're on to the Jaguars. And I think I got the sense Wednesday that this team had bought in that, you know, they, they can't let one loss become two losses here. Uh, we're going to do our pick six segment right now, which is six issues facing the Jets this week as they kind of get past the Patriots game and move on to the Jaguars game. Uh, you know, looking at this, the, the Patriots game, you know, the, the funny thing was, as a beat writer, you're very you're doing a lot of stuff during the game. It's really active, especially a night game. Uh, you you have to write. I have to file a story the minute the game ends. So in this game, thirty three nothing. It's not quite as challenging as some other games when it's close. But you're kind of focused on, on on the game, but maybe not some of the stats and stuff. And I took a minute after the game and looked at the stat sheet, expecting to see four sacks or five sacks or, or I, like it seemed like Sam Darnold was running for his life the entire night. There was one sack in the game, but I, that was a very misleading stat because the pressure was so much on these guys. And I think you saw that with the, in the interceptions, uh, a lot of them were Sam just kind of throwing the ball because he had a guy in his face and throwing it off his back foot. So I, this offensive line is clearly an issue. And I, you know, the question is, does the blame go on the offensive line? Does it blame go on Sam Darnold? Does it go on Adam Gase? I think it goes on everybody. Everyone can share in this. 
Uh, there were some instances where Sam had the wrong uh, protection called. You know, Sam Darnold has to come to the line. He has to identify who the Mike linebacker is. You see the quarterback point usually who the Mike is, and that kind of tells the offensive lineman what protection they're in. A few times Sam got that wrong. Uh, I know on the fumble that, that at the beginning of the second quarter, he had the wrong protection on. Others, the offensive line just messed up. The first interception, the offensive line just had two blitzers coming in. They didn't have the right call. They, I'm sorry, they had the right call, and they just didn't execute it correctly. They just didn't pick them up, and boom, here, here, you know, Sam Darnold throws an interception. That's the way that the games start. You know, I think you can question everything after this game. And the, the second one of our pick six, number two would be, does Darnold have enough offensive weapons? I, I think he does to compete against most teams, not against a team like the Patriots. The Jets just aren't in that class. I think Le'Veon Bell did some good things in this game. There was some hope there. Uh, I do think he got, you know, he broke off a few runs that showed you this running game could do something. Robbie Anderson was shut down in this game. One catch against Stefan Gilmore. You know, it, it, here's where the Jets are. They have a lot of holes in this roster. There's nothing Adam Gase can do about that right now. There's nothing Sam Darnold can do about that. Joe, Joe Douglas has to do that in the offseason. Unfortunately for them, they have 10 more games to go with this cast of characters, but they're not playing the Patriots every week. The number three issue, uh, and I know this has been a hot topic on radio and with fans this week, is Adam Gase. You know, if the Jets keep getting blown out, would Adam Gase be gone after just one season? First off, I'd say – I don't think they're going to continue to get blown out. Uh, when the schedule came out and you looked at these first six games, uh, the Patriots, the Eagles, those, those guys have won the Super Bowls the last three years. And if you go back e even further than that, the Patriots have won even more. You know, I, I thought Cleveland was going to be better. The Bills have come out pretty strong. So this has been a, a tough schedule. And like, don't forget the Cowboys. The Jets won that game. The Cowboys are good too. This has been such a tough schedule for the Jets. And they played those games without Luke, without Sam Darn, with Luke Falk at quarterback. I don't expect them to get, get blown out. If they do, yeah, I guess you could consider this. But I don't think there's any way Adam Gase should be fired after one year. And I think it's crazy they were even talking about this after six games. Um, you know, I, I think you got to let him get his players in here, get let Joe Douglas fix the roster a little bit, uh, and, and go there. I think what you want to see from Adam Gase from here on out is improvement competitive games, Sam Darnold looking like he's on the right track. Uh, and then I think you're going to be you know, happier with, with Adam Gase. On the number four, uh, does the Jets secondary need some help? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they, they do. I, I just don't think there's much they can do right now. The Jets can't be in the business of trading for players before the deadline. If anything, the Jets should be sellers right now. Uh, they should be trying to, to get some draft picks. I just don't think they're right in the right position to be doing that. So I think the secondary is going to, they're going to have to live with it. And I think Greg Williams for the most part has done a good job of hiding some of the deficiencies. And when I say secondary, I should say cornerback. The two safeties are good. Jamal Adams and Marcus may are good uh, on the number five. What the heck is going on with Kalechi Assembly? Uh, you know, this is a tough situation to explain, but I think the, the, the basis here is, you know, Osemele says he needs surgery. The Jets say he don't. He doesn't need surgery. Osemele said on Wednesday he's going to have surgery on Friday. Now it's in the Jets' court. Do they say, okay, he's going to have the surgery? I think at some point the Jets relent here. The Jets just feel like he can play through this injury. It's not one that needs surgery now. Obviously, Osemele disagrees. The Jets are fining him for not practicing. Uh, they can find 
to him is game check every week. That's the maximum fine. Osemwe said that is what he's getting fined, which is about 500 grand for, for Osemwe. So it's a good chunk of change. Uh, but I think, you know, I think this gets worked out at some point right now, both sides are dug in. The final issue uh, would be is CJ Mosley going to miss more time uh, with a groin injury. I think he is. I think there might be more there than a groin injury. Uh, I think he might have a core muscle injury, which would be really bad. Um, so I, I don't. I wouldn't expect much from CJ Mosley right now. Uh, then on to the game preview. You know the Jaguars this week. Jaguars are three and four. Uh, it's an interesting game. I think for the Jets, uh, the Jaguars obviously are not a great team, but they're not also a terrible team. So it's this will be a good test for the Jets. I think it's a good test for Adam Gase to see how he gets his team together. It's a good test for Sam Darnold how he rebounds from his game. Uh, you know the Jaguars have beaten. The Titans, the Broncos, and the Bengals, not the greatest group of teams in the world. Obviously, the Jets, they're looking at the Jets as the same category. The the key here to me is Leonard Fournette. Right now, he has 715 rushing yards, the most in the AFC, 918 from scrimmage. He's obviously a really, really tough running back. Jets have been good against the run. They did good against Zeke a few weeks ago, Ezekiel Elliott. So I think, you know, that's that's probably the game within the game to watch is how the Jets match up with him. Um, but you know, I'm just really curious to see how the Jets look this week after the way they looked against the Patriots. I think this is going to be a huge test for Adam Gase. Can can he get this team on track? Because the schedule eases up. You know, I mean, the Jaguars, like I said, they're a three win team. They're not great. Then you got the Dolphins, you got the Giants, you got the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins again. Those are teams the Jets can beat. They should beat some of those teams. So can they get on a roll now and, and kind of get some good feeling going? And it's funny, a week ago they felt great after the Cowboys, and then it, it, it you know, kind of this week they feel terrible. Uh, you know, the Jets have to figure out who they are and, and get going right now. You know, they're six-point underdogs in this game. I think that's largely the game's in Jacksonville, so that gives you three points right there. And how lo- how terrible they looked on Monday night adds to it. And Gardner Minshew's done some good things. So the over-under is 41 uh, and, you know, that's going to be an interesting number, whether whether it goes over that. This could be a defensive battle. Uh, I think this could be a really good game, and uh, it's going to be going to be interesting to see, you know, whether the Jets can get back on track. All right, that's enough of me previewing this Jets-Jaguars showdown on Sunday in Jacksonville. Let's bring on our guest for Episode 2 of Gangs All Here, our New York Post-Jets podcast. You hear him middays on WFAN. I've been hearing him for a long time in New York radio. It's half of the Joe and Evan show, the immortal Joe Beningo. Joe, thanks for coming on, bro. All the love. Brian, all the love. I'm actually on the <laughs> other side now. You're actually interviewing me. This is like yeah, a, this is a, is uh, a little bit of a change, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you've interviewed me for a long time. So now I get to interview you. So. Well, let's, let's, go. we're going to get, we're going to get into some things here. We'll get into some, some of your career I'm interested to talk about, but let, let's start with your beloved New York Jets. And uh, I know you're really happy after that 33, nothing game on Monday night. Uh, I think I know, you know, where you're at with Adam Gase, but, but, you know, how do you feel about the head coach right now? Have, have you given up on him? Well, I mean, I just think he, I don't think he's any good. I mean, you know, I didn't want him in to begin with. We, when I first heard it was even a glimmer that it could be Adam Gase, I was, oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you know, I so we'll start with that. And so far from what mm-hmm. I've seen, I mean, give me a break. You know, and I, I don't want to hear about uh, uh, Luke Falk or, you know, Sam's Mono or C.J. Mosley. Let, 
let's just quickly look. Let's start. He starts his first game as Jet coach with a brutal, typical, you know, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory Jet loss. I mean, right out of the, you know, the Jet playbook of losses, brutal losses, there it is right away. First thing he does. Okay, so then now Sam goes down with the mono. Of course, then also the backup quarterback gets hurt too. Let's not forget that yep. in the Cleveland game. But now the, you know, now the excuses, excuses start. And it takes us right through. Okay, they win the game against Dallas. They look, oh my God, this team. Maybe they got something going now. Sam's back. He looks like he's an all, you know, all pro here, you know. And and then they play this huge game. They're talking up this huge game, and it is a huge game. All the fans, we all looked at it. You know, you know how I feel. Uh, yep. You know, I said it to you. I bet the over. You know, <laughs> on the money line. I'm not the over, the but the money line. line. Yeah, you bet the money. You bet them to the win. Over. You thought they were going to win. We, yeah. I did. Crazy me. Like, and I'm Mr. Negative, as all, a lot of people always yeah. try to point out, because I got so much to be positive about. But anyway, and then we, we fast forward to this game Monday night, and they don't even show up. I mean, they're not, even, they're not even competitive. And the quarterback plays like this game. Like, you're like, what? Where the hell did this come from? You know, so it's like, uh, how can I? I just don't see it. I don't see how Adam Gates is here in two years. And I got to tell you, Brian, this easy, quote-unquote, easy schedule they got coming, let's just look at the next three games. You really think they're beating the Jaguars in Jacksonville? The Giants right now, to me, they're a better team than the, than the Jets are. And that doesn't mean they're going to win or Jacksonville's mm-hmm. going to win. But I, I, I don't see any way, and, and I've said this all year, they're going to lose at least one game to Miami. If Miami wins one game all year, it's going to be the Jets. I, I, one of those two games. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, I wouldn't be – right? That game is scary. That game is scary in a couple of weeks because – that feels like a no no win situation for the Jets. If they win the game, it's like okay, Dolphins are right, terrible. Right. You know you're supposed to win that game. If they lose, it's going to be you know the apocalypse. <laughs> so well, that game well, would let's, really let's scare just, me if I was the Jets. Well, I'm scared. I, I was scared before the season. I'm scared with every game. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. But that game specifically, uh, look, there's a better chance that they're going to lose the next three games than they're going to win them. And and I would I would venture to say they go one and two in these three games. How about that? I bet you they don't do any bet. I'll be shocked if they even win two of the next three games. I really will. I just, I just, I, I really mean it. I don't see it. It looks like Mosley's yeah, really I mean, hurt. What's the deal with Mosley now, right? Yeah. 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 Mosley does not look good. So, yeah. I mean, right. I, I think, you know, I think the jury's out on Gase. It's only been six games, but I understand your frustration, the fans' frustration. And they look terrible Monday night. So I get it. Going back to Monday night now. You know, I think, you know, with Sam Darnold, you you were, you and a lot of the Jets fans were thrilled with what you saw against Dallas, 338 yards, two touchdowns. He had the one interception, but, you know, he looked really good. And then Monday night, he looked as bad as any Jets quarterback has looked, really. I mean, the, the three, 3.6 quarterback rating yeah. is about as bad as it gets. Where are you on Sam Darnold right now and your, your faith in him as the future of this franchise? Well, let's start with this. First of all, up 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 until um, the game Monday night, I thought, okay, I think you know, I think we have something here. Even before the Dallas game, I mean, I, right. I felt you know, okay, maybe we got a guy here. I wasn't sold on it because I've been I've been burned too many times over the years with the guy I thought was finally the guy, and it never turned out to be that way. So I'm not ever going that way until I finally see it in reality. Okay, so the jury's still open on him. But I, I, was, I, was really, I was really happy what I saw up until the game Monday night. The game Monday night, just, I mean, what? Like you said, this is as bad a game as I've ever seen a Jet quarterback, and I've seen them all, ever seen a Jet yeah. quarterback play. I mean, the fact that this guy was 
just throwing the ball up for grabs. What are you doing? You know, even Luke Falk in the game they played in New England, he got sacked eight times, but he only threw one interception. I mean, he wasn't just throwing the ball up there, you know, to get picked off left and right. And that really was the thing that – I mean, I'd rather see him get sacked eight times, to be very honest with you, yeah. than just, you know, yeah. than just, just chucking it up there. And that really, you know, uh, was very discouraging. And just the fact that he had, you know, obviously seeing ghosts, I mean, it's unfortunate that happened, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that he's basically got the deer in the headlights look in this game, man, I don't know. I mean, i got to really think long and hard. I mean, do we have yeah. a quarterback here or do we not have a quarterback here? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I think he's going to be good. Uh, I, I think I think he'll be okay. That defense, I think when we when all is said and done this year, we're going to look at that Patriots defense, like the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears. I think they're going to be in that category because statistically they're just crazy right now. They get on three touchdowns. Um, you know, so I think he, that's a factor. It's, it was a 16th game, you know, so he, this is, this is it. Now he's right. He played right. a full season right. basically. So I get right. it. It looked terrible though. And I mean, I'm curious going back, Joe, was there, was there a quarterback, you know, since Namath that you were sold on that you thought this is the guy and then ended up not working out? Well, I think of all the guys that we've drafted since Namath, I mean, let's let's just look at the number one draft choices that we picked. Right, right. Because I don't even picks, want to yep. get into, like, you know, Vinny or, you know, right, any right. of the veteran Boomer. guys, Boomer, yeah. or any of those kind of guys. Like, you know, gotcha. let's leave yep. them out. So, so we'll look at Richard Todd. We'll look at Kenny O'Brien. Uh, we'll look at Chad Pennington. Uh, if you want to throw Browning Nagel, he was a second-round pick. But if you want to yep. throw him in there, we could throw him in there. We'll put Sanchez in there. I, I think of all those guys, as I look back at them now, the guy who was the best, okay? I think O'Brien, you know what? O'Brien just got sacked so many times, uh, and, and he, he had a bad he – was, he was, wasn't coached well. Joe Walton was not a good head coach. Uh, you know, 1986, I mean, the guy was unbelievable yeah, the way he started that, that yeah. 1986 season. You know, they were 10-1. <laughs> yeah. and one. I mean, they, they were bombing teams. Mm-hmm. You know, he was – yeah. you know, Al Toon, Wesley Walker, Freeman McNeil, the offense was off the charts. And then they went into that five-game losing streak. O'Brien got hurt, and it's almost like Walton lost favor with O'Brien. In that playoff game they won against Kansas City, he actually started Pat Ryan in that game. And then he yeah, actually right. started Ryan, the loss to the Browns, too, in the disaster, the double yeah. overtime disaster in Cleveland. But he got hurt, and O'Brien came in the game, and Walton wouldn't let him do anything in that game. So there was a yeah. lot of – O'Brien was probably better than he gets credit for. And then he got unceremoniously yeah. dumped by Bruce Coslett who couldn't wait to bring Boomer in and had basically gave Boomer O'Brien's number while O'Brien was still on a team. So yeah. he did. So, yeah. you know. No, he's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. I'll, 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 I'll write sometimes. I'll write sometimes that the Jets haven't had a franchise guy since Namath, and, and I get a lot of emails about O'Brien and Pennington are the two I hear about the most. So is it a guy. And Pennington is the other guy. Look, yeah. every here's the thing about Pennington. Yeah. Pennington. Pennington was a winner. The the years that he was healthy, we were in the, we won the, we were in the playoffs every year, including yeah. the year he 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 throw to Miami year in them for him too. If you wanted just to to put on his resume, when he was healthy, his teams went to the playoffs. That was basically it with Chad. But he never stayed healthy, and he and he did not have the greatest form. I mean that he didn't, but he certainly yeah. was a winner, and you certainly felt confident that you could win with Chad Pennington. So those were the two guys. You know Sanchez to me, yeah. you know he was on. He was better than he gets credit for. He was, and I love Rex. Rex should still be coaching the team. That's for another day. But, but he was never coached completely uh, properly. 
Sanchez. Yeah. And Rex Rex killed him when he put him in that game. You know that stupid Snoopy yeah, ball game. You know that was yeah. really the end of it for him. <laughs> but the, but I think the guy I had the most confidence in though was probably Pennington, even more than O'Brien. Okay. I think I think okay. when, when he was playing, I felt we had a real shot to be you know being a playoffs for sure. So do the do do the Jets get to a Super Bowl in your lifetime? Do you see? Do you see a Super no, Bowl I, win? No, I no, saw, no. no, I don't see it happening, man. I, you know, yeah. I saw the one. Thank God I did. Um, yeah. I just don't see it. I mean, they're, they're just completely mismanaged. I mean, the fact that the fact that this owner would give the keys to the castle to Adam Gase, who has done nothing in his career, nothing, but not to a guy like Mike McCarthy, is is unbelievable to me. I mean, it just—it it, it really, really is. I and mean, you can say whatever you want about McCarthy, but I mean, you yeah. get—you—if if Mike McCarthy had the control, Gaze has. Okay, you know what? Guys won a Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs nine times. Whatever the deal is, you, whatever you want to say, he helped Aaron Rodgers' development. I mean, Rodgers was going to be great no matter what, but he certainly, you know, helped his development along the way. You can't deny that. But he couldn't wait to. No. If you'd have done that, that's a different story. But he gives it to this guy. Who's he? Not any good. I'm sorry. I mean, what has he ever really done? Nothing. He's done nothing. This coach. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to touch on on your career because I think it's you know remarkable. Uh, and maybe everyone doesn't know your story. Just can you tell us about you know what you what you did before you were a radio host, and then how you ended up at, at WFAN? For those who who don't know the story. Well, I'm gonna try. I don't want to. I don't want to prolong. Make it into a long-winded thing. But I'll. I'll yeah. You know, I was. A, I was. A, I was a food salesman for my. You know, I got out of college and I had a couple of jobs here and there. But then I wound up getting into the food business, and I did that for you know a long time for probably late 70s, uh, right through you know uh, 95, I guess. You know, okay. pretty much right up until the time I started at WFAN. So I was in the food business for about 20 years, I guess, right around that that number 18 20 years whatever it was and uh, you know i just was a uh, wfan comes into existence you know i was always a guy i'm a music guy and i was always a guy that would listen to music all the time i was in the car you know i was a salesman on the road and all i listened to it was always music and then fan comes along and now what, what is this 24-hour sports station i started listening to that i really got into it and obviously it evolves into the days of mike and the mad dog and you know in their mm-hmm. heyday and all of that and, you know, I became a big listener to their show and a, and a big caller to their show. I mean, I would, you know, I would call their show right. all the time. And then one day they basically had this, and I don't want to, I, I guess it turned out to be a, 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 a contest, which I never looked at it as being that. But I remember one day driving into the city to go to work, and I would always get the post, you know, I always get your paper all the time. There Daily News, go. too, back when it was actually worth reading the Daily News, which it isn't <laughs> anymore. But, you know, be that as it may, but uh, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I remember I remember I'm reading a post and I'm reading Phil Mushnick's column. Now this is like 1995, now 94, 1994. Okay, okay? and I, I remember reading Mushnick's column and Mushnick's going on about how they're going to give um, uh, what's his name uh, Eli from from uh, Westchester. Remember him? He was a classic caller. I think he's passed now. That's on. He was a classic caller to the fan and Mike and the Mad Dog. And this guy was going to get a show. He was, they were going to give him like a, a show at least to do an afternoon. Or whatever he was okay. going to do when when those guys were on vacation. So anyway, uh, to make a long story as short as possible, I, I you know I, I I'm listening to Mike and the Mad Dog one day in the afternoon, and they're going on. Their whole show is talking about how could they give Eli and Westchester a show, 
you know, there's other guys who regular callers who would deserve a show more than him, and they mentioned my name as one of them. Okay, oh. Joe, I was Joe in Saddle River, and they yep. mentioned me as being one of these guys, and I'm like, what? And I, so I'm on the road. I couldn't wait to get home and try to call <laughs> in and get on the show. So I did, and uh, you know, I going into it, you know, I would. I heard you guys mention my name to do the show. I said, I'm in. I would love to do it. I can, I can definitely, I said, I remember saying to them, I could definitely do it. No doubt about it. Right. And I was, again, I was, you know, so I'm like, I think Mike asked me a question about uh, something. Who would I interview? I forget who I even said it was, but I gave him an answer. So anyway, bottom line is he tells me off the air, Bobby Gelb says to me, because Bobby Gelb was the producer. Yeah, back producer. Then. Now yep. Right now he's a great salesman at the band. Okay. He's been that for a long time. He says, mm-hmm. look, he says, call Mark Chernoff tomorrow. I mean, I, I think they're going to have you come in. Or I think Mike might have said it on the air. And then he said, call okay. Chernoff and to set it up or whatever. So, okay, so I come in. It was me. It was Alan White Plains, uh, Dick and Corona, and Eli. Okay, Eli, he, he had it. But it was all four of us now having a show in an afternoon. It wasn't just Eli. And it just kind of evolved out of that. Oh, I did the show. Okay. And... Francesca the next day basically comes on his show now because he was just doing like Christmas vacation is what it was. Okay? Right. Stop me anytime you think the story's getting too long-winded. But, I mean, no, you, you no. asked me, so I got to tell you. Yeah, and yeah. So this is going on Christmas vacation. Mike and the Mad Dog are off. The four of us get this afternoon show. We all got an hour. The, per- the three of us, myself, Dick and Corona, and Alan White Plains all got an hour. Eli got two hours. Okay? And I remember driving home from Astoria listening to Eli. And I'm saying, really? Like, so, like he just wasn't very good. I mean, a lot of the calls were taking him on about his ideas. You know, Eli would always bring race into whatever he was talking about. Okay? Always. And okay. now people were actually calling him out on different things. And he really didn't respond probably too well. I'm, you know, whatever it was. Yep. Anyway, the bottom line is the next day, I remember, because um, I took the week off to, to do this from my regular job. And I remember listening to Mike the next day. It was Mike by himself without Chris. And his whole show that day was critiquing the shows the day before from the callers. That was what he was doing. Oh. <laughs> and he basically said, and he basically said, I was the only one that had any chance of ever getting a show. Pretty okay. much to that degree. And right, I remember so calling got- in. I heard, I heard this. I don't want to jump on you, but I call in. Right. And. Mike had me on and we, you know, just went on about, you know, how I was the best one and whatever. And then it kind of evolved from there. I went to, I went right. to Connecticut school of broadcasting. Okay. I bought, I bought time on my own, on a station in, in Elizabeth, New Jersey to at least get airtime. And, you know, then from there, I got a call one day in the middle of the summer in 94 to, uh, uh, if I w- uh, wanted to, um, I guess it's actually the summer of 95 is what it was now. I get a call from Mark Turnoff. Would I come in and fill in uh, doing overnight on the weekend as a fill-in? And I did it okay. for about a month and a half, July and August. And then finally, uh, he said, I, I, got a, I got a call one day. My daughters woke me up. I had done, I done a whole week of overnight. It was the first time I had done a week. He asked me, could you do a week? I want to hear you do a week. And uh, I said, okay. So I did the entire week. And then I remember going to sleep. You know, this is like, you know, uh, I'm sleeping during the day, and my daughter's waking right. me up saying, Mark Chernoff's on the phone, and he basically offered me the job then. And, and wow, was, wow. I took off from there. I started Labor got... Day weekend, 1995. And then you went to middays with uh, who, who with Sid, right? With Sid, and then... Right. Well, nine when, years, when... though. Nine, nine and a half years in overnight, though. First. Overnights, right. 
And then how long have you and Evan been together? My wife's yelling long. It was long in the overnight. She said long years. (laughs) How how long have you and Evan been together now? Evan and I have been together since um, January. We were together for – we were in Phoenix for the first Giants Super Bowl when they beat the Patriots. Okay, so 08. You know, this era, not not the first one. but Right, right. So, I mean, what is it like – what's it like having a partner – for that long. I mean, I've, I think for us on the outside, the one we know is Mike and Chris, cause it's been documented right. so well. With right. Furry, right. But like, you know, do you guys fight? Do you guys get along for the most part? What, what's it like that relationship? I, I get along tremendous with him. It's unbelievable. We really do. You know what? You know why we, we've been, we get along so well. I'll tell you why we get along so well, because neither of us take what we do seriously. Neither of us take right. ourselves seriously. Neither of us take what we do seriously. And, you know, we are what we are. We're fans, both of us. We're fans. That's it. That's that's what drives us. We have no uh, agendas. You know, it's it, it's not about me. It's not about him. You know, it's about it's about my teams. I mean, really, it's about. I want to see the right. Jets win the Super Bowl. I want to see the Mets win the World Series. I'd like to see the Knicks be. You know, at least I don't even want to say championship with them. I think that might be impossible. But then again, the Jets too. But I, but you want to see. You know, I want to see my teams win championships. That's what it's all about. You know, so that's what we both are. And I think that's why we've been so, we've gotten along so well for, you know, 12 years or, you know, 11, 12 years now, whatever it is. Um, I don't want to keep you too long, Joe. You've been really gracious with your time here, but a couple more for you. Oh, for you, for I, it's you funny. bro, a- any time for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I know, I know it's causing misery for you, the Jets, the Knicks, uh, you know, the Mets have <laughs> caused a lot of misery, but you're a must listen when those teams are struggling. Like I, I think, you know, you're a must listen always, but especially I, I saw someone yesterday who said, you know, Tuesday at 10 AM, they made sure that they were by their radio to listen to you and Evan come on to talk about the jets. And it's like, you know, it's funny because those teams have tortured you, but I do think you're the voice of, of that fan base, you know, when, when, especially when they're struggling. So, you know, it's amazing the career you've carved out from, you know, from that, from 1994, with that being said, how, how much longer do you think you want to do this? How much longer do you think you want to, you want to keep on uh, going with the show? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I got a year left on my contract after this year, okay. my, my contract's up in 2020. And, uh, you know, I, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way, Brian. I don't want to do this forever. Uh, right. You know, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, that uh, are different in the business when I started. I don't want to get into that too much, but they're, you know, a lot, it's yep. a lot different than it used to be. And, um, you know, uh, I'm not 25 anymore. And I, I just as soon be uh, playing golf every day down in Florida. Now, I, of course, yep. <laughs> that, that's, that's eventually coming and coming sooner than later. But to give you an exact day on a time when that would happen, um, I don't know. But like I said, I got a year left on my deal, and we'll right. see uh, how how it plays out from there. That's that's how so, I would answer that. So you'll wait till the Jets win a Super Bowl to retire. That's what you're saying, right? No, that's <laughs> the, you, you know, I'll be dead by then, bro. I'll be dead. Uh, they got They got to get a. They got to get a real nah. head coach in here. I understand the owners are not leaving, which is un, they, I wish they would sell. That would be great. But be that as it may, they got to get a legitimate head coach in here. Who that guy is. I, I really believe they had one with Rex. Okay, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to take too much money. I'll say this. Yeah. I, one of the biggest mistakes they've made in the last 25 years to me is firing Tannenbaum 
and sticking Rex with Idzik. Because I think if they would have left Tannenbaum and Idzik and, and, and Rex alone, Rex together, they would have figured yeah. it out. Because you could say whatever you want about it. This guy took us to back-to-back AFC title games. This guy won four road games in the playoffs with Mark Sanchez, who's a laughing stock now when you think about it. With Mark Sanchez as his quarterback, he got an 8-8 eight and eight season out of Geno Smith, even, this guy. Uh, the, yeah. the players loved playing for him. You always knew he was going to be competitive. You know, he had, he had his blowouts like the other night, the 45-3 game in Foxborough in, in 2010. I was at that disaster. But you know what? They came back that year and beat the Patriots in the playoffs. So, you know, that was a good team that had a bad night. I mean, that's basically what right. that was. It, what we saw the other night was not that case at all. <laughs> so, I, I, that was the biggest mistake they made. Rex Ryan should still be coaching this team. I really, I really believe it. I really do. All right, Joe, I really appreciate it very much. And, you know, I I tell people, you know, I started covering the Jets uh, a little bit 2008, but I really was full-time, took over the beat in 2011. And uh, you guys started having me on, on Joe and Evan show, you know, uh, 2012, 2013 in that area. And what it did for me was huge. You know, it really elevated my profile. People reacted to it, and it really helped me become part of the fabric of covering the Jets and I'm always indebted to you two guys for that. And Ernie, you know, your producer, the great Ernie Acosta. So I really appreciate this, Joe. Thanks for coming on. And catch Joe and Evan weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WFAN. All the love, bro. Bro, all the love. uh, I appreciate all the kind words. All right, Joe. Thank you so much. All right, man. Take care. And that's a wrap for the second episode of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets football podcast with the New York Post. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Monday and Thursday throughout the rest of the Jets season. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Jets news by signing up for our daily NY Post newsletter and by visiting nypost.com. We'll be back on Monday with the latest as we recap their game in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. We'll see you then.